Hello, everyone, and welcome to Wong Chulport Podcast, episode 229. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today, talking about video games. I think it's going to be a fairly light week this week. Um, there just wasn't a ton of news stories I was interested in, and I think a lot of things we're going to talk about this week um, is going to largely be extensions of things we were previously talking about, or things I've at least touched on in the past. Um, so just to get right into it, actually, uh, I went ahead and finished up Ghost Recon, or really, it's it's literally just called Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, uh, but it is the, the Wii version. So, so if you don't know, when I think it was Future Soldier came out, uh, it was like a, a 2010 release Ghost Recon game. For the Wii, they put out another Ghost Recon game. They didn't put the Future Future Soldier tagline on it. They just called it Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon, even though there's already a video game called that. Um, and and it was like a co-op on-rails shooter. And I started playing um, a little bit of it when a friend was out here. And we got through maybe about like a third to a half of the game uh, through playing that. And I would say initially that game's kind of disappointing. Uh, but as time goes on, you kind of figure out like that the, the cooperative developments in this game are actually pretty important. So when it comes down to um, basically it's, it's, it's really focus on two players even if you play by yourself you have a ai companion that comes with you and so it's all about kind of like managing different workloads i guess to some degree like one character needs or one person needs to be you know shooting soldiers as they're coming up while the other character is launching rockets at a tank and if they don't blow the tank in time you know the tank is like a one-shot kill on you and things like that so there's a lot of ideas like that as well as the ability to kind of go around like stealth through certain areas and depending on like the the um way you you knock them out you know you can basically you know kill certain guys without everyone everyone else noticing so you can kind of take time to pick pick each unit off and things like that so so there's a lot of like neat ideas here in this game i just think the execution's just a little weak i think it's better as the game goes on for sure early on the game feels very like a mediocre on rail shooter um but but as you get more different like weapon types and get put in different scenarios um i think it is it, is, it does eventually get better i just think it could have been even better than, than what it ended up being. Um, I think the big thing that's holding it back is that it is very much focused on local multiplayer. There's no online multiplayer component. And I think the, 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 the fact that you're both locked to the screen together at the same time uh, kind of undermines a lot of the game's mechanics of what it's trying to do. You actually can kind of like move between cover so you don't have to like stay in one spot. Um, but there's really no reason to move between cover in terms of giving the player additional perspective like you can have somebody move up to the cover up front but there's not really a reason to do so um I, there are some light reasons that it would that would be beneficial but it's it's not important enough to really actually utilize it and so it just kind of feels like it's it's a missed opportunity so anyways um i'll probably do some kind of full casual review on it at some point here um in the short term I, i've been working on some videos here and there um smaller ones specifically um so i'm just kind of building up a small backlog of those real quick um and i still need to finalize kind of when they're coming out and and what will come out along with them when i do publish them but that's gonna be one of those games i'll probably do like a quick casual review of uh, hopefully it's not too hard to put together you know it is a pretty straightforward game overall so i think the big challenge might be is if i'm talking about specific scenarios I personally like to line up footage so it matches what scenario I'm talking about, and that can take a while. But usually for shorter games, it's a little easier to kind of like find and pick different pieces of footage and things like that. So probably talk about that here in the in the in the short term uh, as, a, as like a video review kind of thing, because I do think it's a fun game to talk about at the very least, even if I don't know if I necessarily recommend the game itself um, to people that much. We also played some more EDF uh, this last week, and I think the only thing, only takeaway I have about EDF more more recently is that I feel like with the the difficulty getting harder, um, I definitely feel like there's there's more 
the class roles are shining a bit more. Um, I have never been an EDF game before. I think that is a statement I can make. So I've never really gotten this deep. Oh, no, Insect Armageddon. But Insect Armageddon was kind of its own thing. Um, but I don't think I've ever gotten like this deep into like one of these longer EDF games with like a higher difficulty, um, even in like the normal difficulty level. Um, and so being able to see kind of each class kind of shine a bit more in their different roles, uh, I think is is pretty cool to finally see. As someone who's who's known about this franchise for a long time and has played them off and on, but never have gotten to the, the end of them, um, I I, I think that's like a nice thing to see about the franchise. Um, so we still have a long way to go. I think we looked at the mission number and we're like maybe halfway through the game. And then I think there's like DLC missions too. And I'm just like, I don't know about all this. Like I'll beat the game for sure. But we were talking about doing DLC missions. And I was just like, I will probably do it if you guys want to do DLC missions for EDF. But I'm probably not going to, you know actually play more of this uh, a little bit of a problem since i do have edf2 sitting around i probably should just burn through edf2 at some point um on the uh, vita but and then never buy another edf game again <laughs> i might buy world brothers at some point and then i think the thing is, is like more recent edf games i think they are trying to do more things with them um but the reality is like when i look at them they look like they're you know, the core gameplay itself looks very identical between all of them so it's a little hard for me to sit there and just look at one and be like do I really want to go ahead and, and like invest time into this again kind of thing? World Brothers, I think, is a bit more distinct. I think if I recall correctly, you can like switch between characters on the map. And then also you have the ability to or uh, like just visually, it's also like kind of unique looking and things like that. And a little bit more um, lighthearted. So I don't know. I think World Brothers would be something I'm, I maybe would like to check out someday. But it's not very high on my list, unfortunately. Um, and then we also got back around to playing some more God Eater 3. No updates there, but we did indeed play more of it. <laughs> That's about all I can say about it. Um, I think we're like on chapter 64 out of like 70 of the main story. And then I think, and, and this is like God Eater 3 is like weirdly hard to get like good information about online. Um, but basically it sounds like there might be like another 70 or, or not 70, 30 or so like DLC story missions they added after the fact. I also haven't really seen like a God Eater 3 wiki that is like talks about like, you know, weapon drops and things like that. So it makes me wonder, like, how well did God Eater 3 actually do? Was it successful or, you know, did anybody like, like I don't know. I, I don't really know. I had to like, go look at the sales again. I feel like at some point I didn't maybe did look at the sales of it, but I don't remember what it was. So I don't know. But God Eater 3, you know, I, I, I. I wish I enjoyed it more. I think I think it's a it's a good game, but in the context of what God Eater One and God Eater Two were, I think it is just not that um, interesting. Unfortunately, just the fact that I've played those other two games, and I was hoping that this title would be more of a revamp. Especially, it's so strange because like Freedom Wars was a game that that was you know also worked on by Shift. Um, to what degree is kind of another thing because three developers worked on that game. Um, three three development teams, I should say, not three developers, um, and. And that game just has a lot of things that it does way better than God Eater. And so to see God Eater 3 not even like, you know, take from that game pretty much in almost any way, um, it's, it's a bit bizarre to see that. But maybe they're just so focused on building a game for PS4, they just had to like stick to the books on that. I, I don't know. God Eater 3 is, is a game that I, um, I, I really wish I liked more, but I still just kind of stand by. I think God Eater 1 and 2... And mostly just God Eater 1. I think if you're going to play a God Eater game, that first game is probably the best option for you, honestly. Um, but, yeah. 
So yeah, that's pretty much it in terms of games I played in my my free time, unfortunately. So so not a ton. I have been working on videos and stuff, working on scripts. That's been taking up most of my time. Um, I also started editing that podcast that I talked about a while back ago. Uh, that's kind of focused around like games for girls kind of thing. So um, I'm putting that together, trying to figure out when these things are going to start coming out. I did say maybe the first week of November, but um, I might want to just make sure I have my plans in line before I actually commit to anything so maybe we're looking at like the second week of november instead but we'll see i don't, I don't want to commit to anything yet i think kekaishi casual review will be the first thing you see though either way so um last week i did go ahead and get my retro tink 5x in uh i was gonna say finally but it, it came it came pretty quick it was like less than a month i think from when i ordered it um but i wasn't sure when it was shipping for a while i did have to go like dig into their website a bit and figure out like okay when when do they say these will ship and i think it's like within a month basically is what they say because i don't know if they have the inventory there when they're taking the orders if they're manufacturing them based off the orders they receive for that or whatever um but i did get that and um you know before i was using the frame meister uh, which, which I, I really like the Frame Meister overall. It's a, it's, it's a device that I feel like, if you don't know, these are upscalers. So if you pluck old video game consoles in there and it basically makes it so they look better on a TV because you don't have, you know, uh, uh, well, there's a couple of things. Not only does it look better on a TV, but also like some of your TVs and stuff won't actually accept like old video game, like video signals because of the resolution and everything. So, so it basically is just a way you can get, you know, old consoles hooked up to new TVs and then also have them look pretty nice depending on what kind of connections you're using for it. But, um, yeah, but, uh, the frame meister always felt like maybe just a little too much for me. There's a lot of settings in that thing and I was never able to get like the, um, the like saved settings to work properly in a way that, that, that seemed like it was, you know, auto adjusting every time I selected each of those different like preset profiles. Um, so what I ended up kind of doing was just kind of settling on like a generic, like this looks good for most things kind of thing. And, and then I basically would make some changes based off of like the video or if the game was interlaced or if it's progressive, things like that. So the retro tink feels very much plug and play of just like, yeah, you, you just kind of plug it in and, um, there are some settings you can change in terms of the resolution that it outputs and also like the, the, um, the, what the import so- source is, but all of it is very streamlined and very much designed to kind of just like fit into, um, you know, a, a kind of all, I don't want to say all, all sizes, you know, like a, a fits all sizes kind of thing, but like, it, like there's like a PS1 setting, an N64 setting, things like that. But like, there's no way for me to be like, this is the PCFX setting, right? <laughs> like, like I just basically just use generic four by three for that. Um, and I think, you know, reality is at least with the, the frame meisters, I wasn't really making those changes as is. It just, the, between all the consoles that we play here on this channel, like it just didn't make a lot of sense to, to reprogram everything all the time over and over and over again. Um, at least without having those preset profiles working or whatever. So anyways, um, I'm pretty happy with it so far. The, the only thing I haven't really checked yet was, um, I previously had a PC 98 set up for my frame Meister that I ran everything into that I could capture PC 98 games. Um, there's also like some particular settings that I had to use for PC 98 games too, to make them look right. Otherwise they were either too stretched or too, uh, you know, squashed in. Um, so I have not tried that out yet. I need to see what that, what that looks like when I plug that in, what kind of flexibility do I have in terms of like setting different parameters? I don't know if there's like a advanced menu in the the retro tink. So there's like, if I can make those kind of smaller adjustments, 
Um, so yeah, I'm not sure about that. I will say that when I was trying to mess around with my Dreamcast on stream actually last week, um, I did notice when I had my VGA box set to like the RGB mode with interlaced, um, uh, I did get some weird interlaced artifacts in a way that I really didn't expect. I don't know if that was, you know, based off how I was, you know, Maybe the fact that I, I booted it up in progressive scan most mode first and then swapped it over to like a 480i mode that like the, the retro tink was just like, I don't know, I'm still just going to display this progressive. So everything looked all, all messed up. So I don't really know what that was about, but, but there's no game that I booted that looked wrong. It was only that, that interface when I first started up the system and was switching the, uh, switching the boxes, um, or switching the box settings that, that I use for v, the VGA box or whatever. So. Anyways, it seems like a, a really nice device, and um, you know, it's I think it's um, a lot more accessible than the the Frame Meister. Um, so once I make sure everything works good with the PC ninety eight um, and my my RetroTink, I might officially uh, uh, decommission my Frame Meister and what I do with it from there. I'm not quite sure yet. I don't really know how the uh, resale value is for it. Um, and I might want to try to research to make sure there's not like any reason why I would want to keep the Frame Meister at this point. Uh, the PC-98 thing would be a big reason why if I can't get PC-98 stuff working through um, through my uh, retro tink. Um, but yeah, so I'm, uh, yeah, just need to mess around with that a bit more. We'll see how it goes, see what happens. And then in the future, when I get a new PC, then we can use the uh, 1440p or whatever it is um, and then we can upscale that to, to 4k, um, or, or rather at least like capture it at 4k, um, or <laughs> take it in at 4k and then capture it, capture it at 1080p probably is what we'll end up doing. And, and then see if that is, a uh, make some, some changes to the, the video quality a little bit. Um, I did go ahead and one thing I did, uh, one change I did make was I did start recording all games in 1080p. Um, I previously used to swap between 720 and 1080 because it helped save on space. Um, but I noticed when I uploaded some videos at 720p, YouTube would not like um, that. And it would add like additional compression on top of it. So like if you go look at my like Zenki video where I recorded that in like 720p, uh, it looks kind of bad. Um, even though the game is like a 240p game, right? Um, so I think I might just stick at 1080p at this point and just leave it at that. Obviously that means more space for me, but you know, eh, eh, I'll figure out the space stuff. Like I, I have things I can delete if I really need to. I don't need the ridiculous amount of happy dance collection footage that I have out there <laughs> on my, my drive that I keep. So, so yeah. One thing I, I, I didn't mention yet, I think, is that I actually got, and I was going to hold it up on screen for the YouTube version, but I don't know where it is actually at the second, um, is I got a PCFX uh, controller uh, with a USB connector on it. So it is a the actual PCFX controller that was modified to have um, a USB connection on there. Um, so if you go to like, uh, I think it's RafNet, they sell a like board that you can you can basically use to convert a PCFX controller into to a USB. And thankfully, um, somebody I, I know, I don't know if I should say anybody's names in regards to this. So I, I will just say somebody I know, and if you're listening to this, thank you for your, your help and support. <laughs> um, they, uh, helped me getting in contact with somebody to, um, get that thing, uh, uh, soldered. Cause I'm, I'm not gonna be able to do it, or at least I could do it. I just got to learn how to make it like how to actually do it first. I would not be able to do it just off the, the, off the top of my, 
uh, head. But um, basically, they they helped me get in contact with somebody who would actually do the installation and make it, you know, swap out the cable and all that stuff. So now I have that. Um, so that will be kind of interesting to to mess with because uh, at some point here, I need to get the PCFX emulator up and running. Uh, I would like to do like a little bit of like nothing, nothing in depth, but like some kind of video that talks a little bit about PCFX emulation and setting that up. And it would be a nice thing to use for that. Um, I still have problems with Chojin Heki Zororigar um, in terms of the uh, some of the modes not playing nice. So I might use that as kind of like the, the the main game I kind of sit down and, and spend time with on an emulator. Um, and it's a short game too. So like it's not that big of a deal for me to replay it that way. But the big thing is, is like the uh, Sakuragi Gar mode or whatever it's called. Um, that I just, no matter what I burn, it seems to, to lock up at the exact same spot every time. And I don't know if it's a disc issue, an issue with that image or, or what. Um, so, so I'm going to try playing it on, um, on an emulator and just see what happens there. And hopefully we can, uh, get, get further in and, and basically finish up the extra content in that game, because that's something I do want to spend a little time with in that game is just seeing kind of the, the, the scope of the content as a whole, because I, I, I don't know, I haven't looked at a lot of, uh, Zero Regard videos out there. So maybe someone has, has done like a full in-depth, like, dive into it but i feel like the extra modes is something i haven't really heard a lot about when it comes to zorigar not that people don't know about it but i think if you're somebody just looking into the game and you're just gonna boot it up and play through it once knowing what else is there once you actually power the game off kind of thing is i think uh uh, uh something that, that i think it would be valuable to talk a little bit about um and and maybe worth putting together in like an english guide kind of thing the english guides for the games that have fan translations is kind of a thing like like there's not a lot to say in them a lot of times because obviously there's a fan translated version so it's all there for you so the easy answer is just yes you should play this using the english image um but there's like other things that can can kind of convey in those videos in addition to make sure people you know know about them um the kishin zenki video is one that i think is is very much um in that vein um of just like hey you know there's not most people who are going to play this, you know, already kind of know that it's very accessible because it's like a beat em up. But let's talk about some things that I want to make sure that you don't miss because it's something that um, I've seen people like miss certain aspects of Kishin Zenki that I think are pretty important for that game to be um, fun to play. In my opinion, at least, uh, maybe, maybe, maybe other people just went, went through and just like punched everything and, and lived their life and, and life moves on. And they're just like, yeah, Zenki was pretty cool. I punched things and like, well, there's this. And there's like a this, this, like special move system and things like that. Did you, did you do that at all? I'm like, oh, I don't know why I'm making noises. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, one thing I also did is uh, when I went out with a, a friend recently, I, I went to a couple game shops. That's when I bought that stuff I talked about a couple weeks ago, the Totally Spies and things like that. One, one problem I have when I go shopping with people is it's, it's kind of hard for me to pay attention to what's actually on the shelf. So there are things that definitely catch my eye, but I kind of feel like when I look through a shelf, I, I don't necessarily see everything that I want to usually look at. Um, so like, uh, like I, w- I looked through like the PlayStation import section and things like that, but just like certain things passed me by, um, or maybe it just wasn't there, but I went back to the store just cause like, I, I, I prefer to go game shopping on my own when possible. Cause it just lets me sit down and like actually look at stuff. Um, so one thing I did buy as I lean over here to grab it, um, is I did get a copy of Xenosaga Freaks, which if you don't know what this is, um, this is a, uh, kind of like a fan disc more than anything. You know, if you ever tell, see like the tail of fandom volume discs on playstation um i think it's pretty similar to that there's like some mini games in here you know some some adventure kind of things like you know 
story segments with with character art and stuff like that, talking heads, all that good stuff. Um, so, you know, this is something that, uh, I think many people have talked about at this point in the Xeno franchise, I think has, a well, Xeno's always been kind of somewhat big, I think, or, or at least it's had its following, right? Um, so this is something that is, is entirely in Japanese and is very text heavy. So, you know, the mileage you get out of it will, will vary greatly depending on your patience and all that, that fun stuff. Um, but it's something that I've been meaning to pick up for a while. Uh, look, if you don't see the price tag here, oh, actually you can't because my green screen is blanking out because <laughs> this is price tag seeker is green. Uh, I got it like for 15 bucks. So, um, you know, I'm a model of soft fan, so I think it makes sense for me to pick it up and, and take a look at it at the very least. Maybe not the biggest Xeno fan. Let's talk about this actually on Twitter a little bit. I'm just like, I, I like the Xeno franchise. Don't get me wrong. And I think the Xenoblade games are great. And they're some of my favorite games that have come out in recent years. But like, I don't care for a lot of the themes that the Xeno series brings into like Monolithsoft games. Like, I don't think for me, the, the what's important to me about Monolithsoft games is the fact that Monolithsoft makes them and kind of their design philosophies. The, when it comes to story stuff with Xeno, I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't mean that in a bad way. That's not that I'm saying like, oh, it's all bad or something. Um, but it, it it's just not really something for me personally and that's okay sometimes okay for things not to be for you personally the other thing i got when i was there i'm a little ashamed of a little bit uh, but uh, mainly because i did spend like 40 bucks on it which is very steep for me as somebody who buys something i don't know anything about i'm also not a big limited collector's edition kind of person i, I don't like buying big box things um but this game Really caught my eye for some reason. Um, and uh, the name I have here is Kasei Monogatari. I don't know if that's actually true, but it's a bunch of kanji on the front. Uh, I didn't check the disc. Sometimes PlayStation games on the other side of the disc, they'll have like a um, uh, uh, like an English title for a game. Or like at least it written out in English characters kind of thing. So it's easy to kind of pick up what they are. But that was the name I picked up uh, when I searched for it online. I had a little hard time finding it. But yeah, like this box uh, that, that you guys can't see. It's like a basically it's like a big square box. Maybe like the size of a plate. Um, and uh, and it has like this big planet on it. Um, but like around the sides of the box, there's like these characters. And they're all very cute. Um, and when I open up the box, there's like a bunch of like paper stuff inside that's, I guess, for making a diorama and all that stuff. Um, and then also, uh, there, I was looking at like the manual and stuff and I really like the, the character graphics and things like that. And, um, I think it's an RPG. I don't really know. Um, so again, it's kind of a steep price for something that I bought just basically really blind, um, but, but the game kind of really caught my eye. And when I was looking at the game or the, the screenshots and the manual and stuff, I was like, I don't really know what this is, but I like what I'm looking at, um, generally. So I do want to sit down and, 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 and check it out. And maybe it's something I bring on stream at some point. I do need to do like a test stream sometime here in the near future. So maybe that will be what I do. Um, basically I just need to check to try some different settings for streaming and recording footage at the same time and see um, how that works out. That may be something I do once I get back from Florida because I would like to um, record sort of a Tyria as we play through it. But there's also in that box, these little figures. So the green screen's obviously gonna blank out some of these on the actual video, but they're like these really chibi looking figures, you know, very, very kind of 90s anime looking uh, figures. So this is all gonna be very blurry. I don't really like, I'm not really trying to give you a good look or anything, but they're all very chibi anime characters. They remind me a little bit of the, um, 
uh, what's that series called? The Metal Saga, Metal Max series, like some of the earlier PS2 ones or Metal Saga on PS2, like how those characters look. It reminds me a little bit of that. So very, very cute looking game. And it's a PlayStation 1 title. Um, so, yeah, I think I'll sit down and look at that a little bit. Um, one thing that is going to probably come up and, and something I didn't want to talk about too much because I wasn't quite sure if I was going to move forward on making a video about this or not, because it's one of the things that I started writing about, but I really was struggling with writing in general. I thought it was maybe because of the actual topic, but I, I just kind of figured out after I tried working on other things that it was just me having like a little bit of writer's block in general, um, is I want to make a video about, um, what, why, how I buy games, I guess, um, you know, I, I've been watching a lot of, and this this uh, to some degree has came out of me wanting to make a video about this. So it's not me just like necessarily making a video because I've been watching all these things, but you know, I've been watching a lot of like Pat and the NES Punk and a lot of other people um, talk about you know collecting games and stuff like that, and um, and I've just like over time have observed some friends who who are also collecting games and kind of the, the 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 way they talk about game collecting and and things like that. And I think one thing I I don't want to sound like I'm like too much on my own branch here or anything like that. I think I think there's maybe a difference between like game collecting and game buying for what I'm doing kind of thing. Um, and I just want to talk a little bit about like why I buy certain games and like some of the particular mindsets I go into when I go to like a store and buy games. Um, I think it's very obvious that I own too many video games probably for the most part. Um, that, that much is, is probably pretty plain. Um, but at the same time, like when I really ask about like, well, how unhealthy is it to own all these games? Um, and that, I think I question a bit more of like, I don't know. I know some people like say the way I purchase games is like a very unhealthy hoarder kind of mentality. And it's also not good investments or whatever. But, um, I want to talk a little bit about why I buy the games the way I do. And also just the, the general feeling about like why, um, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing, although it's very much focused on just being like, here are the things I look for when I'm buying games, and here are some of the strategies I I, I follow when I buy games as well. Um, I debated making it like a, here's how I collect kind of thing, but at the same time, like I said earlier, I don't really... Over the years, I think I have kind of distanced myself a little further away from the collector brand, because I don't really think I maybe have the same priorities as people who who collect, per se. Um, you know, I think my bigger thing, and I saw somebody recently say this, I forget where I saw this, um, but that people say that like, maybe the better phrase to use is that you are making a library of games to choose from kind of thing. So when you are in need of something at a particular time, you can choose between these different things and not have to worry about, you know, you know, can I find a copy? What the cost is, things like that. You know, it's there and ready for you when when you're you're ready to move forward on it. Um, with the full understanding that you may never actually play all these. Um, I wonder if it was up. So I was watching a YouTube channel called like Retro Bird, um, which <laughs> is a really very like straightforward content in terms of like collecting talking. I don't think a lot of like the the things he's saying is particularly interesting per se, but but the way he presents the the his content is very um very goofy but it is so it's goofy in a way that doesn't get in the way of what the point he's trying to make right and i think i find that very impressive and it's like a big part of the reason why i'm watching his videos if you don't know a lot of times when i watch these youtube videos sometimes it's because i'm impressed by a certain element of them so i'll watch them even if i don't like necessarily care that much about what 
the person saying in it. Like, it's part of why I was like watching VTubers a lot for a while. There are things about VTubers and how they stream and how they present content, things like that, that I find interesting. And I'm probably just like learning from them in some ways. Um, it's why my backgrounds and stuff for streams are not like, you know, the gamer backgrounds. Cause like, you know, you can do like these kind of more cutesy pastel backgrounds. Not that I do a lot with it. It's been, you know, if you watch the video version, you know, I have this like purple background I use behind me for everything right now, <laughs> but it's like this weird kind of like laced purple background and everything. I don't know, but I like, I like how it looks. Um, and I also have like this like pastel, uh, set of like, um, uh, backgrounds that I use that are like royalty free backgrounds for, for certain thumbnails if I need like a background and things like that. So, so I think like VTubers in general just kind of made me feel better about moving that. So anyways, I've been watching this stuff and it's just kind of interesting to watch kind of how his videos are done. I think to some degree, um, that collecting video might take a little bit from his presentation in terms of, um, maybe more more his like discussion videos where he he spends a lot of time just like him talking to the microphone for the video itself which it's it's he does that because it's like these easy quick videos that he's making or not easy but you know easier to make than the other videos he makes and so um i don't want to make the entire video be my face like these podcasts uh but i i think it's maybe a good foundation for filling in time where a lot of times with video editing, filling in time is like a big problem with that. So anyways, I went down this whole hole of, of, of me talking about the nitty gritty of things. Anyways, but basically what I'm saying is that I am going to make a video about how I buy games a little bit. <laughs> so, so yeah, that will probably be coming at some point. I have not started editing the, the, the video portion, but the actual script is basically finalized outside of the final edit. So I think I feel comfortable in saying that that is, that is coming unless there's some major, you know, change and how that um how that video comes together um but i'm hoping using like just my recorded video of me talking um will be like a good foundation for me to more easily put the video together rather than having to you know uh, try to edit video for every single part of that script kind of thing so yeah anyways I feel like we went pretty long and stuff that I really wasn't expecting to talk that much about, which is pretty standard. Thankfully, we don't have a lot to talk about when it comes to the news. Hey, and also there are things that I largely just had some thoughts about, not really anything that's like big. Um, one thing that is more kind of in line with what we usually talk about is Ngawa Boys and Kimonotan uh, that launched on Switch in Japan. So that is out there. Uh, nothing really new there in terms of like I haven't played it or anything, so I can't say anything about it. If you don't know what it is, it's basically about a... Um, a dude who's at like a farm and he has like this little spirit and they farm like vegetables and things like that. And then I believe, and, and I would say this again as somebody who's not played it, I believe you take those vegetables and you go and like, you basically fight demons at night kind of thing um, by, by using those vegetables to feed like your own spirit or something. So that's like general impression of that game. If that's actually true is a whole other thing. Um, so, so yeah. Um, and then there also was the GTA HD trilogy that, that was announced, um, which if you don't know, they're basically compiling a bunch of PS2, uh, Gran Turismo, or not Gran Turismo, uh, Grand Theft Auto games, um, and giving them like a, in a, uh, facelift. Um, and the facelift they did, I thought was kind of interesting because it, they did improve the lighting and, and, and some of the texture detail and things like that. But what's, what's weird is that they, left some of the character models kind of intact as is with like the new coat of paint on them but not like you know changing the the polygon count on them or anything but then they updated like some of the main characters and the main character him themselves and so it like makes this weird contrast between these like low poly characters and then also 
these like higher detailed characters, which is not something that's like entirely, you know, rare in games, right? But it's just kind of like this this like PS2 looking character model and then something that looks like kind of like a um I don't know how you put it, like it's not like a modern character model, but it does look like a PS2 character model that had like its its edges rounded a little bit, kind of. Um, so it's like to some degree it kind of fits in because they do still kind of look very much aesthetically in that style, but the detail on them is just so much more so than some of the other characters in the game. It kind of stands out. Anyways, it's a unique looking thing. Well, not unique looking, but it's a neat looking thing, I should say. Um, and you know, I'm never gonna play them that way. Um, I'll probably play them on PS2 if I ever do. Um, but I don't think I'll ever play them on PS2 either, to be honest with you though. Um, so, but cause I, I, I more recently have been mostly trying to play the originals because there's kind of some things that get lost in re-releases and things like that. So I kind of find looking at the originals, a, a fun way to kind of go back and see those games, how they were rather than like the most recent HD reiteration or something. Um, but, uh, I think it looks, looks good and neat and, um, I'm, I'm kind of happy with how it looks overall. Uh, but again, I'm not the one who's going to be playing it. So I think generally people liked how looked but i i am sure some people are all you know all futzy about the uh the visual quality of some of it um uh, i just think it's an interesting contrast between the models i think it's barely an issue though i'm not saying being like oh man they gotta fix it it's fine i think it comes out in november don't trust me on that that is like a, a date that came out of my brain i have no idea if that actually is true so yeah and that is it in, t- in terms of news very light week. Very light week from that regard. Um, in terms of stuff that's coming up, though, um, if you didn't see, I, I forgot. I didn't make a post about it on the website. I got to do that. So that'll be something I do tonight, hopefully. Um, I'm going to be making a... Or I, I did a stream last week where we just played some random games, including Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy, Guard, the Haruhi Wii game, uh, Kengo, Master of Bushido, things like that. So if you want to go check me out playing some games, uh, Disney Magical Castle. Disney Magical Castle. Um, we, if you want to see me playing those random games, if you weren't already there last week, it is there for you to watch. Um, and then up ne- next week, we're going to be playing uh, Nazuwaku Yakata. I think there's a full longer name, but that's like that's my that's the short name I have here, um, which is like a Capcom. Um, I guess like almost like puzzle game. I think it's called like a rith- rhythm adventure game or something like that. Or I, I don't remember what it is. Sound sound adventure game or something like that. I think is what it was. Um, I. We're going to be playing that because it is kind of like Halloween themed in terms of like it has kind of this dark aesthetic and like kind of um, monster people in some degree. That is a Japanese game that may have a lot of text. I have never put that game in. I don't know how well it's going to go. So I will warn you, we may jump into that and it may not go super well. I'm going to try to commit to it. So we'll do it the entire stream. It might be a flaming train wreck, but you know life goes on um, but if it, if it is so so bad that we can't do anything um then i'll i'll you know we'll eject into something else i'll, I'll try, try to keep something prepared as like a backup it may not be halloween themed it might just be like well now we're gonna play you me and the cubes or something i don't know <laughs> um, so yeah and then the week after that we'll be starting up stored of ateria um so if you want to check that out that is a neat game i tweeted about that game quite a bit on the twitter this weekend actually um if you're curious about like the various arts for sort of ateria and things like that and some of the music um i tweeted a little bit about that stuff that is a 
I kind of forgot just like how appealing that game is to me. I was like going through the uh, the 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 old website on the Wayback Machine. I was like, oh man, I kind I kind of just love how this game looks. And there's also like some fun like um, crossover art they did with like a variety of artists at Konami. So like the person who did the Elibits art and the uh, the Made in Abyss art um, made like some some art for the game as well that they were putting on the website during the countdown to the release date. Um, and they also have if you ever saw like those uh, Order of Ecclesia. Um, comics that they put out alongside Cast- that Castlevania Order of Ecclesia release. Um, the artist for those also did some some art for the um, uh, sort of Ateria's like uh, tutorial page on there, just like goofy looking characters kind of thing. Unfortunately, some of that stuff's been lost as far as I can tell. I tried looking at various versions of the page on the Wayback Machine, and unfortunately, all of them had those particular items blanked out essentially. So so only like half the tutorial pages are there, and some of the um, the launch day um or launch countdown uh uh art things that they put up on the website are also missing too unfortunately so yeah but some of it's still there if you want to go check it out also one thing i should mention too is that the x game station page for first kiss story unfortunately has gone offline thankfully just a couple months ago i archived it um i would not use the wayback machine version of that page if you're going to play first kiss story um, I would use the uh, HTML pages I uploaded to archive.org because the Wayback Machine version of the page, for some reason, is broken um, and I could never get it working. So with the HTML pages, you won't be able to use the links that they included in there, um, but you will at least be able to load up the individual pages for each character and follow those guides for First Kiss Story. I'm glad I downloaded those recently, especially after I you know, pointed people to it using the, uh, the First Kiss Story guide. Um, I don't know if that plays a role into why it was shut down. <laughs> Maybe they're like, why are, why are like a hundred people clicking on this URL and going to this guide that we shoved on our webpage, you know, 20 years ago, let's throw this out the door. <laughs> so, so yeah. Um, anyway, so that, that is now, uh, at least up today delisted. Maybe we'll come back up. We'll see. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneControllWorld.com is the website. Um, oh, and next week I won't be able to record an episode, so I'm just going to have like kind of a rambly episode next week. Um, so I'll be recording that pretty much right after this. Um, so uh, I, I won't guarantee what it's going to be about, because last time I did that, I found out the story topic or the podcast topic I did was actually no good. And so I just did like a more general podcast. Um, so I won't promise anything right now because i have not recorded it yet um but i will i will you know, yeah you will hear next week what it is and then feel free to skip over it if you're like the only thing i care about then are the games you play and the news you play because that's what most of these podcasts are about <laughs> so so yeah so anyways that's it thanks for coming have a great week bye